Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. That's what I meant. Well, we're doing a, a book review today. Kind of, sort of. We'll see where it goes. Uh, Wherever the Path Leads by Larry Isaac. What did you think of this book? I thought that... It's a fast one. A fast read. <laughs> the title is very misleading. It, it, I will, yeah. And I'm going to get into that. Maybe, I think we're going to talk. probably talk about it, I think. Mm, I don't, I don't want to spill the beans right off the bat, but uh-huh. the title is a little bit misleading. I, I agree. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. For that's now. all you got. <laughs> for now, <laughs> for now. Well, so uh, mm-hmm. you know, both of us, we uh, practice karate. We train together. This uh, this man, Larry Isaac, is a uh, traditional karate master. I guess you call him tenth degree. Um, he's older, and he um, he has experience training in Okinawa. So old school. Yeah, <laughs> very old school. The stories were really good. Yeah, um, you know, think like. Think like uh, football, like back in the 1940s. You know what I mean? Like, like punching a, yeah. a tree a hundred yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what did you overall? You read this. What was your initial overall opinion of this adventure? <laughs> well, he's a very simple man. Yeah. Right. Very simple. Like, I don't want to say simple minded because he's not. No, not at all. Um, but. The, the title, and I'll just, I guess I'll just jump in there because I'm probably going to tackle this, but wherever the path leads, and you'll, as you read the book, you're like, this guy was very focused. It wasn't like he was just wandering around and whatever. I think maybe he felt that way. And he was because <laughs> he was in the Marines. Yeah. So he was moved different places. Yeah. All, like he had no idea yeah. where he was going to go next. They would jerk him around and like joke with him and say, hey, you're going here. They're like, just kidding. You're going here. Yeah. Um, so he might have felt like. He was being tossed around, and he, he really was in the military. But he always had, like, a extreme focus mm-hmm. on his training. Yes. And physical fitness as well as martial arts. Yeah, and it probably goes part and parcel with, like, being a Marine. I mean, I'm not a Marine. I'm not either. I've, I've trained a few Marines. They're usually pretty focused people. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy in particular. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's... A, Mostly, I think the first whole half of the book is about him traveling around yeah. and finding people to yeah. train martial arts with. And yeah. I think it's important to know around this this time, it wasn't like as known as it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, it like you say like karate, taekwondo, jujitsu, whatever. There's pretty much something on every corner, you know, yeah. somewhere around. What's amazing about his story is that not only was he, I don't say fighting, but going up against like the the initial commercialization of martial arts in our country, mm-hmm. he's a black man raised in like Alabama, yeah, right? And so that on top of you know you study martial arts, you're a marine, you know, you have a certain demeanor about yourself. Mm-hmm. So he goes into his like interpersonal relationships and how it was being. Yeah. A black man in the deep south. During Vietnam. Marine, during Vietnam. 
yeah. and also studying martial arts. Like, you know, I've, I've, I'm new to the martial arts scene, and I've gone to plenty of events. Mm-hmm. You don't see much diversity yet. And he was like, from what I know, kind of a pioneer, which is kind of interesting because the Japanese <laughs> created it. Um, but in our country, at least, like, I thought that yeah. was, like, extremely impressive and shows a lot of resiliency. Yeah, it is. And, um, y- yeah, I don't know how the title applies to it, but one of the interesting things I found was how he was doing a lot of things in terms of carrying himself and making decisions like a, almost like a samurai would. Yeah. Like, before, I'm, like, I don't sure. think he knew really what it was, but he was doing it. Yes. Sort of innately, um, I mean, through the story, he was. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's, you know, every once in a while, he's got some things dropped in here. Like there's this one quote. Um, he's talking about uh, actually being in the, being in combat or being in whatever in Vietnam. He says, when you're focused, all your personal thoughts of back home, girlfriends or family are put in a lockbox and left in the hooch. That, my friend, is also the other side of true martial arts. And, you know, we talk about that, the the no mind, mushin. Um, and I know you, you get it, too, because you train pretty hard when you're when you're physically training. You're not thinking about anything else. Um, Number six, the mind must be set. Yeah, right? well, you're, you're in the moment. You're working on that thing. Like, I'm always like that when I'm in class. I'm not thinking about, you know, I like gotta cook dinner all that crap. I'm focused on, and that's what I love about it. But to be in that zone, you know, in a real scenario not just in a class like bullets flying at yeah guys. yeah it's pretty intense yes. and to think about it and you know i think that's something that if you've never i have never been in the military i've never been in the combat mm-hmm. whatever but i think if you're coming at martial arts from that side it's probably a little bit more uh, authentic mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know what other word to use yeah um, well he gave another example i hope you have this flag but that is, like, in combat, of course. Yeah. And then he gave a really great example, like, real-life situation about him walking down the street. He was coming out of a restaurant, going into a restaurant or something like that. And some folks, some um, two guys were with some Japanese women, and they, like, started harassing him. Right. Like, hardcore. Right. And he was like, let me tell you about life. <laughs> he was like, bam, 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 yeah. bam. And... um you know, people can use their words as weapons, and he kind of talked through how mm-hmm. his training in martial arts kind of made him be able to break down the situation, de-escalate it. Yeah, as, where I've, as earlier, he probably would have just gotten a scrap. And just punched him up. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, he would just see, but he yeah. was like, no, I'm going to use my knowledge. And right. that's why I was like, this guy's really smart. Yeah. Um, he, really, he, he really lives it. He was able to turn it back on them. In that situation, very fast. That's what I. That's what I like about. I mean, I don't know him, but that's what I like about it is that it's it's also about actually living it. You know, mm-hmm. like living it, and, and like we said, he lived it before he knew what it was. What it was to live this martial way in mm-hmm. terms of the martial arts. I mean, he knew what it meant because he was a marine, but like living it versus just yeah. doing it. And I think a well, a lot of martial artists that I see are just kind of, it feels like they're just kind of doing it. Well, he was, okay, maybe, let me back up here. So when he started training, it wasn't like we had like the 20 
principles on the mm-hmm. wall and stuff like that. Like, he would go to Okinawa. They're like, he, the sensei would be like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why? He's like, I don't like it. We're not doing it. Yeah. You don't need to ask any more questions. Yeah. It's, like, you. That's how it is. You had to, like, figure it out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, he would ask questions and, you know, don't don't make any demands of your teacher. Mm-hmm. And he learned that by just being the guy would just ignore him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he wouldn't even like acknowledge the guy. It's it kind of old school. Yeah, very old school. Yeah, they weren't really concerned with paying the bills. None. They were just concerned with training. Well, they were like just in teaching a, some shack or yeah. something like that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a good bit of um, his story where he talks about meeting people before he makes his way to Okinawa that I found interesting. Um, like he'd be on a base somewhere and he'd hear of somebody and he'd go and try to you know, getting good with them and learn some stuff. Um, and he, you know, he made the rounds and, and that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I found one, there's one guy, um, I'm looking for his name here. Um, Luke Easter, I think is the name. It was Kung Fu of all things, but, um, where he asked the guy if he could train, if I could be his workout partner. And, and the guy says, yes, we're going to work out every evening <laughs> away from the base, rain or shine. Like we're gonna do it, but you're gonna be there every day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that. There's something to that. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know, if I'm gonna make this commitment to you, yeah, then you're gonna have to commit to me as well and be here every day. Wow. Um, how I think, different? I think that that's is, interesting. How different that is compared to our typical dojo. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. Here. There's some people that come and go. Yeah. And, well, they're, they're paying for it, so mm-hmm. therefore, I, I mean. There's something like having, having in quotes, skin in the game, but it's yeah. very different when you, the guy was, he put it very, like, it's a 50-50 thing. Like, you show up, I'll and do it, it and but we train. the first time you don't, I'm out. Yep. I'm not, you're not wasting my time. Well, <laughs> it'd be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it'd be nice. Well, again, you know, we're running a, a business. This is not, you know, if you had, like, Crawford Dojo and, like, your backyard in the dirt. I know. I, I hear these stories of these guys that trained back in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And, and I kind of... jealous a little bit? I am. I am. I am. Um, just their, their experience. And, you know, it makes them who they are today, which I think is good and bad. But yeah. just that old school mentality is um, is fascinating to me. Like, you know, they, they I think they got away with it because no one knew the alternatives. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you they know. weren't flaky as hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, today, there are very few people yep. that be like, Gene, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And we do it. And we do it. Like, there's very, like, maybe one other person, mm-hmm. if I said something, I would know that they would do it. Mm-hmm. I don't, no one it's else. A, it's rare. No one else would do that. It's very rare. But that's something different than, like, the flakiness in our culture. I don't mm-hmm. know, like, but that... His whole story and the, his approach to training. Yeah, he's definitely not flaky. No. This guy's 100% committed. Yeah. And um, he did what he said. He said he did what he said he was going to do. So we're talking about this old school. Um, I mean, you read the book. There's a lot of detail in there about you know, training before and everything. But he, he finally makes his way to Okinawa uh, yes. through transfers or you know work he's sent there as a marine and that's where he starts to you know really train i think 
in that traditional sense and learning and, and being there, he knew that's where he needed to go. And he, he kind of engineered his life to get there. Yeah. Um, but that's why I mean, wherever the path leads, that's not, he made that happen. Yeah, he did. Um, so. <laughs> sorry, I interjected. No, it's fine. It's like, uh, maybe it should be like, I made my own path. <laughs> forge your own path. Yeah. Forge your own path or something. Um, yeah, you could read that a couple different ways. Um, I don't know how to transition to this point, but there's there's a there's a point where he's uh something that I never it never occurred to me until I read his book. Um, you know, you've been training with me for a long time and you were you're talking about flakiness of some people and mm-hmm. and it's sort of a thing, right? It's it's a thing in the gym when we coach, it's definitely a thing when you're sensei. We talk about it all the time. Like people come and people go. And you put effort into someone as a, as a teacher, as a coach, as a mentor, whatever. And then they like flake out on you or disappear or whatever they do, or they quit, like whatever life. One of those things. It's going to happen. Um, it's, it's something until I read his book, it, you know, I started asking my own questions of some of these, these older, um, martial artists, you know, been around since the sixties and seventies. I never, it never occurred to me that they experienced the same thing. And they have, right. Even these, even these, like calloused, handed, old yes. school Okinawan dudes. Yeah. Um, you just think, well, they're like trained or don't train. I don't care, you know. But they do. <laughs> they did. I mean, even in even yeah. in his book, and he's got this part. It it really touched me. Um, that he he has this in his book about um, his sensei. I'm gonna try to get the guy's name right. Oh yeah. Shimabukuro Aizo Hanshi. Pictures of him are really cool. Yeah, the guy looks like a bull. Um, So he was uh, talking to him, and you know, his sensei says to him, "You know, uh, pretty soon, no more." He's like, he wasn't sure what he meant, and asked him to explain. And then sensei said, "Training too hard, GI no like. Only stay Okinawa short time, then go back to states." and he, you know he kept pressing him to to understand. Yeah. And they were talking about another student, uh, this other guy, Bill Haynes, Bill Hayes. Um, and he asked him about Bill Hayes, and he said, uh, "Yeah, Bill was very strong. He was one of my favorite students. I haven't seen him in a long time." Um, and, and essentially, like you'll end up like him, you'll leave too. You know. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, mm. even though, you know, these are like old school dudes, <laughs> you know. They're literally from Okinawa. Um, They're softies. I think so. The guy, like, he teared up. Yeah. You didn't give the description, but he, Larry kind of described his face. He kind of had this, like, sad look on his face when he was, he was, like, looking up at a picture of him in the dojo. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're, you leave here a short time. Mm -hmm. You're going to be gone, too. Yeah. It's, um, he he knew it was coming. I will say what I've learned, and, you know, I've gone to plenty of Sensei Pena's events, Mm -hmm. very um, sentimental. Yeah. When it comes to tradition, like passing tradition, and you and your sons, Mm -hmm. him and his daughters and his wife, like, I see that, and I'm not as close with the other folks that come to the events, but in reading this book, I'm like, you have a bunch of of softies <laughs> a bunch of softies kind of are and uh, it, it, it's yeah. changed me too it, yeah like it in my short time training like it's 
change my perspective about things mm-hmm. too. That's why I love what we do so much because it's not, and I've, you know, I've trained in jujitsu gym, which I think is interesting. It's an interesting thing. Like, to call a place where you train a dojo versus a gym. I've seen posts about gyms calling themselves a dojo. <laughs> you saw that today, yeah. Um, that's too, that's, no. Yeah, I think they're just, you know, trying to, I, trying to ham fist the word, but they, um, they, they don't really know the full scope of the word. But, right. but you know, I've trained at jujitsu places of training, and they call it a gym, because there's definitely none of this. It's just the physical going on part. there. And I'm not doubting that the coaches like don't feel it when somebody quits or leaves. I'm, I'm sure they do. Cause yeah. that, cause I do as a, you know, as a CrossFit coach, you, you know, yeah. oh, they quit, you know, like they were getting really good. You know, we could have done something, yeah. whatever. It's just something else there mm-hmm. in that dojo environment that's special that leads to that. And maybe it's mm-hmm. the sentimentalism. I'm trying to get that word right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said it to me too. You, I think the first time you went in to that, to the other, do, the dojo where I used to train, mm-hmm. um, and you were like, there's a lot of stuff on the walls in here. <laughs> I thought I did notice that. And I was like, yep. And every one of it every has a single thing purpose has a and a place. And there's a story behind it. Story behind it. Yes. And, uh, you know, and you're starting to see like, yeah. you know, in, in our dojo, it's like things are starting to. They are starting be, to populate. But then you're like, but everything has a purpose and a place though. You know. I'm kind of a minimalist <laughs> in a lot of ways. Me too. More Me than too. I thought I was. Yeah. But I've been cleaning my house. I've been like, <laughs> like throw the shit out, take it to the dumpster. Yeah. If I'm seeing things, but it, it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just when I have to start like walking through plants and stuff, I might have to be like, well, that's hey, different. We got it. <laughs> but did you? I mean, have you seen some of the pictures online or whatever of these these Okinawan dojos? They're very small. I haven't. But they are no. like. Just slammed to the gills with like pictures and memorabilia and stuff. Really? Yeah, they they're oh, okay. they're always full of it. There's like there'll be like lots of you know framed pictures and stuff on the wall of like all these people that have been there and everything. Um, I think that's a big part of it. You know, they're they're still connected to it, even though some of these people have left. And and I think that's that's something that happens. I mean, you you know, everybody and I have not been doing this as long as you know my teachers and all that but i will tell you everyone i've trained that's left i'm still connected to them you know mm-hmm. and it's hard to break that connection and i can only imagine some of these people that like like they're there these marines are there and they're only there for like nine months mm-hmm. you know and they're all very athletic they're marines and they come and they train and then they never you never see them again yeah <laughs> you know uh except for larry isaac like he he would go back and, and later he would pay for them to come yeah. to the States and train. And he would, he wanted to introduce them here and stuff. Do you think that when a student leaves a part of them stays within like, I don't mean like their spear, like sage the place or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, how does that, has, has that impacted the way you train people? What do you mean? I mean, emotionally, physically, You've had people leave, mm-hmm. quit. As a sensei, have you had, have have you changed how you teach or approach things? I have. Um, I have to. You have to realize that they everyone will leave. Either they die or they. <laughs> well, I mean, stop training. I think at some point, yeah, it's that it. 
that way that you do it when you start mm-hmm. that builds that connection. If you want to think linearly, like from white belt to black belt, mm-hmm. first degree, that linear story that you're writing together will end. Right there, there it's only a there's a finite amount of time that you can get from point A to point you know Z, whatever. Then the relationship changes, or along the way it ends. Right, somebody chooses a different path or whatever, and it's it's there, or it continues, but it will never continue in that same way. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I think you know that's something that you have to you have to accept and you have to yeah. understand. Um, yeah. You know, my sensei sent me a note one time and I've, I've got it in my text history, but we were talking about testing people and like, I was like, I'm concerned that it's too soon. Like I'm, I'm moving too fast or whatever. And, and he said something like, um, you'll never make a mistake by going slower because one, mm-hmm. they have more time to work, but two, you'll prolong the time you have together. Oh, and it, yeah. that didn't make sense to me. Like Sentimental. it didn't make sense to me like two years ago when he sent that. But yeah. now, you know, a couple of years deeper into it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. But, you, you know, you have to make sure you're not doing it for flat out selfish reasons. But well, that and then um, also like, <laughs> I don't know, you know. There's many things I could say about that. But well, well, yeah, I mean, you could do it for monetary reasons or whatever. Pers- but like, that. <laughs> you know, you as long as it's sort of organic. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? We're not, and we're not yeah. talking about like, hey, wait two years to test him for that blue belt. We're talking like just a few months. Yeah. You know, but but to make sure you're paying attention, and that's what you asked the question: Did it change me? Yes, that makes me want to pay more attention now. You know. Yeah. Well, that's what the folks that he was going to, what's interesting, he didn't talk a lot about his students until the very end. Right. He only mentioned, he's training right. people yeah. underneath him this yeah. entire time. There's this, he supposedly has another book. I saw that. I can't find it anywhere. Well, I found it. There's a picture of Sensei mm-hmm. Penna mm-hmm. holding it with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it? It, I can't find it to buy it. Oh, I don't, if you do maybe buy me from a Christmas present or something, but I'll just call his dojo in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, and order it. Yeah. Well, maybe we could do that. I didn't think about that. Maybe I'm too ring, slow. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> um, I wonder if that other book's more about teaching. Maybe. That would be interesting. Um, yeah. His approach to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, so, yeah, definitely. This book brought up a lot of that stuff. Yeah. For me, like when I read that, that I have the page like dog-eared and it's a little worn. I've taken pictures of it and stuff, but... That very, was um, his approach in this book was very selfless. Mm-hmm. Like it was, and I've seen that also my my time in martial arts is it's about preserving lineage, mm-hmm. and preserving and um, helping other people grow. I mean that's yeah. what it that's what it came down to. Yeah, it's a noble thing. Yeah. Um, along these same lines, there's there's another passage. I actually just posted this on. I saw that some social media stuff, but yeah. like he has not all lessons are obvious when you learn them. Sometimes they take time to absorb into your mindset, you know, and um, that also kind of hits me deep in terms of like 
like, man, it's so skillful. I don't know if, is it skillful or is it just like the luck of the draw that these guys have been doing this forever and it just kind of always works out. But like to give some, someone some advice that has a meaning now, but then five years later has a different meaning at the same time. Maybe that's just life. Or you're giving piece of advice. You don't really get it until three years later. Right. I've had, I've had a lot of advice. I've like had that. a lot of advice like that too. I'm like, oh, now yeah. I get it. Now Man. I get, I actually had a breakthrough moment with my therapist yesterday. She was like, she literally went, she threw her hands up, was like, therapy's working. Because <laughs> she had been saying something for like a long time. And it finally like really resonated yeah. with me. Um, I'm like, I get it now. I get it. And I yeah. was able to actually do it. Not just, you know. <laughs> or yeah, say stuff and not mean it. Well, that's like, uh, shallow words. I try, I try really hard to say and do things that I actually mean. Yes. And that's a hard, that's a hard way to walk. It you know? really is hard. It's really easy to just piss people off fib and oh, fib. tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. That's true. Or just get out of my face. Sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> Preserve yourself for the next. Yeah. There's another story. Um, I hope you remember it. I wanted to see, get your opinion and what you thought about it. But, um, uh, I'm trying to find it here. So he's talking about, um, one of his, uh, train, training sessions with some of his um, students. And he says several of my black belts in a little town called Bun, North Carolina. Um, and he's talking about, there's a whole point where I want to bring this up. He's talking about one of his senior black belts was not living up to the policies and principles of the old ways that I'd outlined for him and the other students in the dojo. Mm-hmm. And so one day when he got there, they were like, Hanging out, they smoking. Weren't right. They weren't dressed right. right. Um, they were cursing. Apparently, he doesn't like cursing, which you know a lot of these old school guys don't. Um, I can go either way on it, but um, he, he literally calls people out. But whatever. Um, he's like they weren't getting ready. They weren't doing anything. Basically, he's slacking off, and he had a big problem with it. Um, he walked through. No one stood up to bow, or pay their respects. He said, "I stayed calm, and without revealing what I was going to do, I simply told all of them." Get on your fighting gear. <laughs> and tonight's lesson is sparring. <laughs> AKA, I'm going to kick your ass. And I, I think he proceeded to beat the crap out of him for the night. Um, yeah, I think so. Too. In, a, in a friendly, in a friendly sensei way. sort of a way. Oh, so sweet. Um, and then when it was all over, he quietly and firmly told his senior black belt that everything he was doing was not cool and he should probably go somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah. But th- that's that's pretty straightforward. But what I thought was cool is he talks about some another black belt came up to him and apologized. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why are you apologizing for someone else's mistakes? Like he was in charge. Mm-hmm. You weren't in charge. Like he should have like. He's a more senior. Yeah, he should have taken care of business. Right. And that's why he's gone, you know, whatever. Yeah. And the guy said, well, I apologize because I just followed along. And I'm a black belt, too. And I should have I should have stepped up. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Did that that remind you of any instances or anything you should have done different in your life? Yeah, you can tend to follow along and not stand up for what's right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just follow along, and it's easier to to slack off than it is actually to do the do what's right. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, <laughs> and I can I tend to be like. In my, my work meetings and things like that, I tend to be like the, the, the class clown because everything we do is so serious. Yeah. I, and I try to like break the tension a little bit. And then sometimes I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. 
Yeah, I do that too. I, I when I when I'm in a tense situation or other people are being tense, I tend to want to break that up. Me too. I feel like it's my job or something. I don't know and what it is. Like, I don't know why I do that. It might be seeing a little bit. Well, because it's like uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. So we're trying to make it a little like, bit. More. I'm gonna get stop being uncomfortable. Right. Let's let's make a joke about this. How uncomfortable? Like, wow, this is awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've said that before, and they're like, ah, and then like de-escalates the thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not like completely disrespecting, you know. Yeah. Well, it's this it's the old ways, you know? And yeah. I think man, not to make it about like modern society, but holy crap, wouldn't it be great if we just had some of this like old world respect to a certain degree, you know? Like I get it that like not all things are great just because it's old, you know what I mean? Like Sure. And I and I think he's a great example of that because, you know, he was a black man in the 60s during Vietnam. It was not great for him, you know? No. Um, in, in the social sense. But, like, he tells a story about um, how him and somebody, I forget who it was, um, they paid for this other sensei from Okinawa to come over, and he got them kind of confused on the names, who was who. Mm. And he was promoting him to Black Belt, but he gave it to the other guy. You know, But instead yeah. of, like, making a big deal about it in front of everyone, like, oh, it's not me. That's him. You know, you made a mistake and let's fix it. They just went along with it, went along with it. And yeah. then they sorted it out later right, right. amongst themselves Yeah, because they, you know, it wasn't about the ceremony. It was about, you know, they didn't care. Right. They're adults, you know, we'll figure it out later. I didn't need to get my ego padded in front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, well, if you think about like the dojo, like you're doing basics or a lot of things and the way you structured your dojo is a little bit different than others, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But just like the basic, like, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you. Yeah. Goes a long way. I know. And a lot of people have a, a, pro- have a, a lot of people have a big problem with it. And I've heard that too. And I, I, like, you know, I've raised, I've raised two sons. You know, I'm not done raising them, but you know, I have 18 year old and an almost 16 year old. Um, and that's something we do. Like I say, you know, mm-hmm. yes, sir. No, ma'am. Yeah. Be polite. Yeah. It, but it amazes me that some people are actually offended by it. Mm-hmm. You know? I've seen long rants on Facebook about this. That's yeah. why I delete Facebook. But well, that's the about, whole crux of the problem. But. About respect, like, just yeah. using that as, like, you having to say. Like, I will say there was a part of me it's not about, that has to say, thank you, sir. <laughs> Again, like. That's a personal thing yeah. just because I, you know, yeah, I get it. never had a father figure or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So me saying like, I'm not saying that to you. What do I, <laughs> you know, no, I get it. But get it's, it. but it's, I get it. I'm over it now, but yeah. I've worked through that part, but, um, it is, it helps you definitely gain respect mm-hmm. or work through shit. If you're aware of it now, I hear some people talk and I'm like, you don't get it, man. Yeah. Or whatever. But. <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's like um, it's like that same scenario. Like we're having this podcast, we're having this conversation. We would never have a conversation like this in any other scenario than a podcast, right? I don't. Well, we probably would because we we're, we're weird. But we're, you're, yeah, we you know, normal people like. <laughs> well, like, we had this conversation. We're like, we should record this. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's something about the the in facilitated environment. Where that stuff can grow and, and prosper, and then you can kind of take it out of that, yeah, 
Because, I mean, I'll tell you, we do these podcasts. It actually makes me smarter, I think. Like when I'm in a business meeting or whatever, I'm I'm calmer. I can communicate better. I take my time to think about what I'm going to say. Yeah. Enunciate a little bit better. Whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Like just those basic manners of respect Mm -hmm. in the dojo setting Mm -hmm. can carry outside of the setting. And you don't have to say yes, ma'am, yes, sir, to everybody. But, like, it's the underlying respect that you can bring to people. You know, if there's some asshole in front of you in the grocery store, you know, you don't, you don't have to stand there and stamp your feet and huff and puff and try to get noticed. You just, you're just a little more patient, you know. Or go to a different line. Yeah, whatever. But <laughs> I, I think it spills over. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing. Yeah. As surface level as this book may come across, like, I read it super fast. Um and there's a lot. It's very deep. It, um, it is. I love this last little bit here. Um, it's food for thought section. Actually, the last last half of know, the book is just like metals and stuff like that. Terms and all this stuff is really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, very much so. Yeah. But he's got this last bit, food for thought, and there's this this last thing. The tall trees catch much much wind. Man, I sl- I got. Tore that apart. <laughs> the tall trees catch much wind. Right? He says, this phrase tells us that in being humble and quiet in our ways, we will not get blown over. Mm. We were literally just having a conversation about someone we know before we started this podcast about how they're always <laughs> getting in their own way. Yes. And it's, I think it's directly this person in particular, but it applies to other people as well. Even myself from time to time is a direct lack of humility in their own abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, arrogance, if you will. <laughs> I think also a lack of resiliency. Are you going to let one blow the wind blow you over? Yeah, right. That's one little said. problem. One yeah. little problem, then you're derailed. I know many yeah. people like that. Yeah, and that's because you... They can't handle one thing. Because you put so much value in yourself, you know? And it's like, mm, the world's not out to get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the world, the, that's the sad, not sad part, but that's the thing you... I think you eventually learn as you get older is that the world doesn't even give a shit that you exist. People don't really talk about you as much as you think they do. No, they don't They even know you're there. You know, so I don't know. I thought it was a great book. I'm, I'm with you. It, you know, it seems really fast and mm-hmm. surface level, but I, I think if you're a practitioner, a real martial artist, I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Yes. Um, any parting thoughts on this book? I mean, it's no. a book review, so read it. it it's, yeah, you can get it on Very Amazon. Impressive. I'll link it up. There you go. Yeah. That's, cool. This is fun. Awesome. Until the next book. Until the next book.